Welcome to the World Beyond the Tale, the Page a Day American Gods podcast. I'm your host, James, and today we're reading page 179. Bring the dead back to life in their bodies? That takes power. He hesitates then. In the old land, in the old days, it was easier then. You could bind the ka of a man to his body for 5,000 years, said Jackal, binding or loosing, but that was a long time ago. He took all the organs that he had removed and replaced them respectfully in the body cavity. He replaced the intestines and the breastbone and pulled the skin edges near each other. Then he took a thick needle and thread, and with deft, quick strokes he sewed it up like a man stitching a baseball. The cadaver transformed from meat into girl once again. I need a beer, said Jackal. He pulled off his rubber gloves and dropped them into the bin. He dropped his dark brown overalls into a hamper. Then he took the cardboard tray of jars filled with little red and brown and purple slices of the organs. Coming? They walked up the back stairs to the kitchen. It was brown and white, a sober and respectable room that looked to shadow as if it had last been decorated in 1920. There was a huge Kelvinator rattling to itself by one wall. Jackal opened the Kelvinator's door, put the plastic jars with their slices of spleen of kidney of liver of heart inside. He took out three brown bottles. Ibis opened a glass-fronted cupboard, removed three tall glasses. Then he gestured for Shadow to sit down at the kitchen table. Ibis poured the beer and passed a glass to Shadow, a glass to Jackal. It was a fine beer, bitter and dark. Good beer, said Shadow. We brew it ourselves, said Ibis. In the old days, the women did the brewing. They were better brewers than we are. But now it is only the three of us here, me, him, and her. He gestured toward the small brown cat fast asleep in a cat basket in the corner of the room. There were more of us in the beginning, but Set left us to explore, what, 200 years ago? Must be by now. We got a postcard from him from San Francisco in 1905, 1906, then nothing, while poor Horace... He trailed off in a sigh and shook his head. I still see him on occasion, said Jackal, on my way to a pickup. He sipped his beer. I'll work for my keep, said Shadow. While I'm here, you tell me what you need doing, and I'll do it. And that's our page. Mr. Ibis notes that to bring a dead person back to life whole in their original body is difficult and requires an immense amount of power. Although he does note that in the old days, i.e. back when they were in Egypt, it would be easier. Consider, though, that this means that Shadow had a coin that was extremely powerful, and he gave it away to Laura. This will become a bigger deal in a week or two, but the coin Shadow won from Sweeney was imbued with a large amount of power if it was able to bring Laura back to life. And so, remember this. It'll be important. I think it's interesting that Mr. Ibis hesitates before talking about the Egypt of his past. My initial thought was that he was reluctant to talk about it because it would be like giving up some kind of secret, but a couple more reads of the page, I think it's simpler. I think he just misses the land he came from and used to inhabit. Certainly Thoth is still running around in some form in Egypt too, but it does Mr. Ibis no good and he's stuck here in America and probably homesick. And boy can I relate to that feeling, Ibis. Jackal states that the ka of a man could be bound to his body for 5,000 years. The ka is a part of the soul along with the ba and the ak. The ba is depicted as a human-headed bird and was able to travel between the lands of the living and those of the dead. The ak was the portion of the soul that survived death but was not possessed by every person, only those worthy of ascending to the afterlife to be with the gods. It would take many lives to reach this level of goodness, and this is where the ka comes in. 
The Ka was the spiritual double of a person, and considered the life force, essentially. Upon death, it would separate from the body, and this is the portion that would need all the organs and the mummified body in the afterlife. If the body were not properly prepared, the Ka would not recognize it, and would wander forever unable to travel to the afterlife. If properly bound, as Jackal says, the Ka would be bound to a body for 5,000 years, meaning that there's still some bodies in Egypt today that could feasibly still be bound to their Ka. And that sounds like a pretty specific version of hell, waiting to travel to the afterlife in a tomb for thousands of years and not getting there. There's a joke about the Tom Cruise mummy movie that I will allow you to make for yourself. Okay, that was a good one. Thanks. Jackal places the same... <clears throat> the samples into a Kelvinator, which is a really awful name for a refrigerator, isn't it? Kelvin is the important part, named for William Thompson, who developed the concept of absolute zero, but he had no part in the creation of this terrible product. The company was founded in 1914 and almost exclusively developed the first refrigerators in the United States and held about 80% of the market in the mid-1920s. Kelvinator apparently also developed a number of now standard ideas, including shelves in the door, side-by-side model of fridge and freezer, and a few other things that I did not note here specifically. After a number of mergers over the decades, the brand is now owned by a Swedish company called Electrolux. Shadow, Ibis, and Jackal drink a home-brewed beer, and Ibis states that in the old days, it was women who brewed the beer. I think it's an interesting reason as well, he says. Simply, the women were better at it. Statues found in tombs depict women grinding grain and doing other beer-making-related activities, so there does seem to be evidence of Ibis's claim. Tenet was the goddess associated with brewing, but was also a protector of pregnant women and childbirth. Supposedly, though, the methods of brewing beer come from Osiris, the green-skinned god of the afterlife, underworld, and rebirth. We won't see Osiris in the book, at least as far as I can remember. Mr. Ibis indicates that there used to be more of the Egyptian pantheon, but there hasn't been for quite some time. He points to the cat, and that's Bast, or Bastet. We'll talk about her more in a few pages, so I'll leave that for the time being. Horus is mentioned, and if you remember back to page 157, there was a hawk flying around. That's Horus. Typically, in the original mythology, he's depicted as a man with the head of a falcon. He was long-worshipped and appeared in many forms over the centuries. He was considered a protector god, specifically of the country of Egypt, as he was largely considered to be the sky, or perhaps the god of the sky? It was a bit unclear to me. The Eye of Horus is an ancient symbol of protection as well, and you can see a number of examples of it in ancient Egyptian artwork. It's also drawn on Gaiman's death character from Sandman, if you need another example. Set was the god of chaos, desert violence, and foreigners, and was supposed to be the balance to Horus. Set is also known for killing and mutilating his brother Osiris, somewhat similar to Cain and Abel in the Bible. He isn't depicted as a particular animal, but instead referred to as the Set animal, which has similarities to an aardvark, a donkey, a jackal, and a fennec fox combined. Sort of. In some iterations, Set is considered a trickster god, so there's another one after Loki in the opening pages of the novel. Did I ever confirm that it was Loki? I think I talked about it enough earlier, but I'm struggling to remember. If I didn't, it absolutely is Loki. Ibis says they got a postcard from San Francisco in 1905 and 1906, and this is one of those kind of darkly funny moments in the book. The biggest event in 1906 San Francisco was a 7.9 magnitude earthquake that killed around 3,000 people, and the resulting fires destroyed up to 80% of the city. 
I don't know that there's any other reason why Neil would bring this up except to suggest that this was caused by Set, and that's a really fantastic thing, Neil. Thank you. Get in touch with the show at theworldbeyondthetail at gmail.com and on Twitter at worldbeyondpod. You can support the show on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash worldbeyondpodcast. Thank you to Julian Granganache for his version of St. James Infirmary Blues, which we use as our theme. And thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with another page, and remember, only the gods are real. <laughs>